coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. What do we do when people say hunting, I'm going to go, but I'm going to hunt black people? Yeah. I mean, just the whole idea of I'm going to hunt and kill as many black people as I can. I was just listening to uh, the TV and they said that the majority of black people in America uh, feel that they will have someone in their circle that will be murdered and hunted down. Sending them off to war to fight for their country and dying for their country, that's one thing. Sending them to school, sending them to the grocery store and get murdered, not killed, but murdered, cold-blooded murder. You know, it runs deep. It runs deep and it's going to take generations. Odell, we're going to continue this conversation. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, Bill? Not one. Come on, Bill, you got to have one, a token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you just to say thank you, God. As we reflect on Buffalo and the tragedy and the loss and the tears, all the things that the people went through, God. God, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know the answers, but we know you do. So God, as we talk about Buffalo and we talk about race and we talk about hate, we talk about all the things in today's show, we just ask you to continue to help us and keep us and give us a sense of understanding and finding common ground. In Jesus' name, we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we lift up uh, the victims of Buffalo and the families that uh, have gone through this terrible tragedy and the community that's been traumatized, as well as it's how it's affected uh, general Americans. Lord, uh, this hate for people of color has probably been around for a long time. It was probably around when you were walking the earth. Uh, But we ask that you you give us a heart, a heart of uh, understanding and seeing each other with a set of lenses that uh, allow us to be humble and to ask questions and try and find common ground. Amen. Amen. You know, Bill, one of the things about Buffalo that just intrigues me a lot, when you hear the individual say not guilty and, 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 you know, I'm a hunter, you're a hunter. So when we go out and hunt something and kill it, a big buck, we, go as far as mounting it on the wall or take a picture of the buck or if we go and go fishing, we catch the fish, a picture of the fish. So this young man, as I understand it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, 
drove three hours, two hours, two and a half hours to a place where they were black people. And like we do when we go hunting, we drive two and three hours into the cabins in the woods and we do scouting, meaning that we know where the deer is going to be. We, we kind of get an idea and we camouflage ourselves so the deer don't see us and we put on the um, scent so the deer don't smell us. So we do all those things because we're going hunting. And it appears that this young man did the same thing. Now, it appears that this young man recorded it. So I want to show you all what I did, just like we, you know, kill a buck and put it on Facebook. I want everybody to see what I did. However, the not guilty part is the part that kind of sort of makes me think, wait a minute now, if you were proud of what you did, if you bragged about what you were going to do before you did it and you did, and you had a GoPro or something on your helmet to show everybody you were going to do it. Why say I didn't do it. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. I mean, <clears throat> I don't get it. I don't understand. The uh, the only thing I was thinking is that his lawyers told him to say that he said it uh, because that if he said guilty, then they, they'd have a tougher row with him. But I don't think it's going to matter either way. Uh, I, you know, it's amazing. Uh, most people uh, plead not guilty to, you know, if you go to the jail and you walk through that place and say there's 500 inmates, there's 500 people saying they're innocent. Well, what are they doing in there then? Vacationing? You know? <laughs> I don't want to laugh. <laughs> you know, this is a very serious subject, but I don't think they're vacationing. But, you know, I got I got a ticket once uh, from the game warden. And I'm still, you know, still bothered about that. 99 years ago. It was the first day of dove season. And so that means it's the first day. So I went out with a shotgun and you used to have a plug. So to listen, listening artists who don't hunt, a plug is kind of like putting a block, a wooden block inside a chamber of the shotgun. So you could only put two, possibly no more than three shells. And they say that they do that for migrating birds. We are hunting doves to give the bird a chance, meaning that if you shoot and you miss them twice, the bird get a chance to get away. So even the game wardens would say, they have laws on the books that say we will give animals an opportunity that if you miss them twice, they get to live. Mm-hmm. Now, this young man, as I understand it, had a special type of a cylinder put in place to hold even more bullets, Bill. And you can explain to the audience what that is. I think you have more familiarity about that than me to make sure he killed as many as he could. Instead of if we protect the bird, if we protect the dove, if we protect the deer that you can't shoot with so many at one time, what do we do when people say hunting, I'm going to go, but I'm going to hunt black people? Yeah. I mean, just the whole idea of I'm going to hunt and kill as many black people as I can. In some cases, you have a limit on the amount of wildlife you could kill. You can only kill X amount of birds. You can only catch X amount of fish. But this young man who was armored, who planned, did all the things that he did, said, I have no limit. I'm going to kill as many black people as I can. And the question is, audience, the question is, Bill, the question is, Odell, why would an 18-year-old have that kind of 
mindset or thought pattern because he haven't lived that long in Odell's opinion. And I think if you have to drive three hours to get around black folk, then he, he didn't live around a bunch of black people in Odell's opinion. But why would one feel that way, Bill, that I need to kill as many as I can and I need to be proud of it until I get caught and then I say not guilty? You know, Odell, I, I, I was just listening to uh, the TV and they said that the majority of black people in America uh, feel that they will have someone in their circle that will be murdered and hunted down. And I'm thinking, holy cow, this is 2022. How can how can people feel that way? And, you know, um, you know, it's hate inspired. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it this replacement theory is a bunch of hooey. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he developed an elaborate plan to kill. Kill black people. Okay, I don't know if there are any white people in that store. There probably were, but you don't hear that they were killed. He was he was hunting black people. And as a black person, how do you feel about that? Bill, you know, it's almost numbing in a way to say you can get up in the morning and go out to a grocery store, just a grocery store and get killed because you want to go to a grocery store and and buy a dozen of eggs. Mm. Now, it's nothing to numbing is one thing. It's not enough fear to paralyze one. However, I think about my grandson or my granddaughter or my two sons, and I'm like, sending them off to war to fight for their country and dying for their country, that's one thing. Sending them to school, sending them to the grocery store and get murdered not killed, but murdered, cold-blooded murder, for what? Well, because they're Black. That's mm. why. And it's like, does that, America, does that justify murdering people because of the color of their skin? I don't think anyone there did anything to that young man. But it wasn't like he, he was there according to what I'm reading, and I don't know everything. He was there at least once or twice to do surveillance. So it was almost like it wasn't a crazy rage at first it was calculated bill absolutely absolutely was you know i was not i was not far from your church the other day i was um had a meeting down near julian and uh and around the corner and uh we the fellows was to say let's get a cup of coffee or soda and let's debrief what our meeting was so we stopped at that burger king right near your intersection you know, oh, yeah yeah right across the street from the mcdonald's yeah yeah yes. well we would probably hit mcdonald's it's the wrong <laughs> side of the road right but uh uh we're sitting in there and, and i'm i'm looking we're the only two white people and you know not that i felt uncomfortable about it but it in walks a guy with a side piece on nine millimeter in his holster a black guy or a white guy black guy okay and i saw it that the guy I was with didn't see it he, he sat down he had a hamburger and left it occurred to me that people that have a concealed carry, particularly people of color, should be packing. Now, this this young man was covered in armor, unless you probably were a uh, military special forces, you wouldn't know where to shoot, hmm. uh, and you'd ha- or you'd have to have bullets that would be armor piercing that not everybody carries. Uh, I have a concealed carry, and I I keep it in the car, and. Uh, and I keep it because of crazy people like that came there. 
mm. and did that. Uh, and, you know, do I have armor piercing? I'm going to go check. Okay. So, yeah. so do you have armor piercing bullets? I don't know. I, I know I've got, uh, they're called uh, uh, self-defense ones that are supposed to be special, but I'm going to go check mm. because, you know, if I was sitting in that parking lot and you see somebody getting out of a car dressed like that, uh-huh. uh, the, uh, uh, would I take my gun out? You betcha. Hmm. Now, would I shoot him? Not until he turned around and pointed that gun at me. Now, you asked a question. You said, if you were black and you had a concealed weapon, you would be packing a nine millimeter everywhere you would go. Yep. I disagree with that mm-hmm. from a perspective that being black with a firearm makes you even more of a target to some segments of society who see you dangerous than being black without a firearm. Yeah. So being black, damn if you do and damn if you don't. Well, you can carry a gun and they don't have to see it. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm sure a lot of people do. But the thing about it is being black is not being a victim. However, when someone's hunting you, and again, now audience, you have to understand we're talking about a incident, one incident. We're not talking about everybody and anybody. That's not what we're saying. We're saying this one situation. So we don't want to overreact or we don't want to underreact. But I would hope that you would agree with us that this is something worth talking about. And I could talk about it to my white friend. and He could talk about it to his black friend. And we could talk about things that I wonder what will white people really think Bill, when they heard of this situation and what does black people think Odell when we heard of the situation, because to white people it's like, Oh, that's so sad. Or to black people it's like, Oh no, he did, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it makes a difference, man. It makes a difference. Or to someone like you and I who are friends is like, okay, why are we talking about it? Why don't we just look the other way at the water cooler? Why are we talking about it, Bill? Well, Why didn't we just say, you know what? Hey, that don't have anything to do with Odell. That yeah. don't have anything to do with, with Bill. You know, I, I think this great replacement theory, um, Goop, why all of a sudden has this started coming to the surface? And why all of a sudden has it enabled people to do um, assassinations and hunting like this? This isn't the first time. They did it at the synagogue. They did it down at Mother Emmanuel. Yeah, Mother Emmanuel. Uh, they did it in New Zealand. They did it now in Buffalo. And mm-hmm. I'm sure a couple other places I, I haven't hit. And all of a sudden, why why is that coming to the surface? What's what's allowing that to bubble up? I mean, it's probably always been there. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bill. No, it's it's always been there. And you know, I think it comes back to um some of the stuff Trump has done and some of the people that, you know, uh, that talk about the dark magma, you know, like, well, those I, that, kind of people. That's, that's interesting. Now, now that's a whole interesting concept. And before now, I'm not a big fan of president Trump on some of his issues. Now I love the business part of him. I just think, I think he was spot on. He had some of the real good business people around him. I, I feel good about that. that. Yep. I think when he, went on the other side of the whole thing, you know, getting his own way, shooting himself in the foot. 
That was one another thing. So now uh, I'm going to not lay America's problems at the feet of Donald Trump. I'm going to lay America's problems at the feet of America. I think that before there was the replacement theories, it was a critical race theory and it was another theory and it was another theory and it was another theory. I just think it's just um, racism and hatred, white supremacy. We have all kinds of issues in this country when it comes around race that we've always had. Um, now, did certain winds stir it up? Of course. However, Bill, why didn't it stir it up between you and I? It's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer why it didn't stir it up. No. Uh, the uh, I I just I, I just it baffles me how someone can be so. The word I I can't find the right word for the young man, um, but so um, brainwashed mm. that they think that they're doing a good thing, taking somebody else's life. Uh, I, I just don't understand that. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, you know, we've all been around people that are a little wacko that, you know, see their, I was up in uh, Roxborough, North Carolina one time getting a gas out of sheets and, you know, it's mine of my business. And the guy in the next uh, gas pump was just going off uh, about Trump, not getting a fair deal and about this and about that and, you know, everything. And I'm like, holy cow, this guy is you know, but who is he blaming? Was he blaming black people or who is he blaming? What? That's a good point. I think he was looking for anybody to blame. He was so angry mm. that I think he would lash out at anybody that disagreed with him. Okay. okay. Now, as a black person, young black persons, because when I think of Dylan Roof, who did Mother Emanuel and this young man, these are young guys, Bill. I mean, mm. you know, you and I are old dudes. You know, yeah. I'm 62, you're 70. 72. Okay, so we've had a lot of living. Mm -hmm. These guys are so young. How do you, you, you mentioned brainwash, but how do you have so much hate at such a young, a young age because someone did you wrong? Or think, you know, and I remember when I was younger, man, I was younger and, and we had the whole thing between President Bush and uh, the other president who run, we had that hanging chads. What was his name? Uh, Al, Gore. Al Gore. And I remember when the Supreme Court came in and, and said, no more counting. And you know what everybody said? Okay. The Supreme Court said, that's it. Stop. Stop. Because they were the adults in the room at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, when I look at the Supreme Court, talking about America, putting America's problems on America, I would say the Supreme Court justices are not the adults in the room anymore. And let me explain to you in the audience what I mean. It was one time when I thought that this politics always played a role in it, but the Supreme Court justices were above the politics. And that's why they had the appointment, lifetime appointments. But lately, in the last X amount of years, when you see um, Mitch McConnell, who can take President Obama's nominee and hold it out for eight months and then take President Trump's nominee and pass her through in eight days almost, then it's like, wait a minute. Now you're playing with a system. So the system is not what we thought it is, the system's broken to a certain degree. Our system massage could be manipulated. So if that's the case, fine. That's the system. Fine. Lay America's problems at America's feet and say, okay, America. So now the Supreme Court 
that was the adult in the room is no longer the adult in the room. So let's just say the Supreme Court has a, a time limit too. Let's let them be elected. If you want to be politics, Clarence Thomas, if you want to understand politics of the whole thing, then let's make you an elected official. You represent this one and put put the Supreme Court. Let them be elected also if the Supreme Court is politicized now and they take sides for politics. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is different than you're right. When we grew up, you know, the other thing is when Al Gore lost, he seceded. Exactly. For the good of the country. Democracy is fragile. So if every black person, to your point, who can have a concealed weapon walks around in military mode, then that means that we lose. Meaning that we, the people, America, this great country loses because now all of a sudden, if I see Bill and Bill looks like the enemy, come on, somebody, you're not the enemy. You look like, in my mind, what the enemy looks like. And you look at me the wrong way. I'm quick to grab my nine millimeter and point it at you, or intimidate you or shoot you. Because in my mind, you look like the enemy. And when we get so jazzed up and with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, gun. you're right. There are people that, you know, road rage, you know, you see what they do with that. If they had a weapon. Holy cow, oh, man. It'd be nasty. I mean, be nasty. I mean, we got the, the good people of America, the white good people, the black good people, the brown good people, the this good people and the that good people. We're going to have to be the ones because we're dealing with fringes. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with folks on each end who's trying to uh, destroy each other. And we're like, oh, it's OK. We understand. Oh, man, I'm so sorry that Buffalo got all shot up. I'm so sorry that this happened and that happened. But Bill is tearing the fabric of this country that you and I love is pulling the fabric. Now, what did you hear in your your black church about this? What did you guys say? It wasn't surprising. It was alarming, but it wasn't surprising. And we feel like we're getting hunted. And the hunter is becoming younger and younger. Because we were always hunted to a certain degree, but we said, oh, that's back in the days of this and back in the days that doesn't happen anymore. But 18 years old, Hmm. 20 something years old, 16 years old. So the hunting license or the whole thought of you should hunt black people is being transferred from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. And now an 18-year-old knows how to do it, armed to do it, capable of doing, willing to do it, have a manifesto explaining how to do it, and did it. But then we're right back to not guilty. Yeah. And, you know, he he was called out at school for some threats and actually looked at and let go. Uh, You know, I don't know what the protocol was. Uh, I would think that... Now, after this event, they'll probably be a lot more stringent. You know, they could have done a, a, a red flag them. You know what that means? That basically yes. he can't mm-hmm. he can't get any guns. He can't get any ammo. Uh, could he could he get it through a third party? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. ways to do it if you really want to. But it'd be very difficult. Yeah. Uh, in this case, it wasn't difficult for him. Yeah. And to give you the second part of your answer of. Oh, then what was the church saying? What is people in the black community saying? The main thing they're saying, too, is other than us getting hunted. That's the first thing. The second thing is that if the hunter was black and the reports 
was that a black guy came into a facility with a lot of white people and then killed about 10 of them and everything. And then he walked outside and he decided, you know what, I'm going to kill myself. I don't want to kill myself. I'm going to take my armor off. And everybody was going to say, "Okay, now we're going to arrest you and take you downstairs. And I'm not trying to make light of it. But as black people, we say if he was black, he would have got killed by law enforcement. He had never made it to the police station. Never made it to the police station. Yeah. Dylan Roof got killed nine, well, what, eight or nine black people mm-hmm. in the church. Yeah. Got caught and he told the people he was hungry and they took him to Burger King and bought him breakfast, you know, and then took him to the police station. That's the kind of stuff that black people are like, what the hell is going on, man? That's the kind of stuff we, that's what we say when we're around each other. Yeah. It's like, come on now. Come on, man. Come on, man. At least try to hide the fact that, you know, about it. It's like, no, no, no. But maybe I'm wrong, Bill. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm wrong. You bring up a point uh, that made, you just made me think of something. You know, this was done in Buffalo, a Northern state. Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would have made a difference if it was done in Mississippi or Alabama. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. So the point is, would it made a difference if it was a black guy killing white people in Mississippi, Alabama, or made a difference if it was the white guy killing black people in Mississippi or Alabama? Because you would think you would think because, again, we all have our bias, presence and stereotypes. We're trying to work through them. That's why we need Jesus Christ. So you would think that if it happened in a Mississippi or South Carolina well, Alabama, people are like, yeah, that's so southern. This is a northern city. He had to drive three hours to find black people. Unbelievable. So it's not like, you know, he, he may have been in you the know, town, Bill. There's yeah. no black people in this town. Yeah. Sounds familiar? Yeah. You know, the, uh, wow, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. You know, the if you'd have come to Parma, there wouldn't have been any. <laughs> You know what? You know what? You know what? Man, but you know, let's say this. And, and I'm not trying to say anything too crazy. 18 years old. Where did he learn from? That's what I'm wondering. Who are the elders? Yeah. Who are the who, who taught him? Yeah. Who, where did he get this? Where did he become radicalized? Uh, and I'm sure they're investigating because on any of the news reports, I haven't heard about his family or his parents. And uh, so there's there's obviously another backstory to that that will come out later, I'm sure. Uh, and I'm anxious to hear that because they're what I suspect is they're trying to find out who did this and carry it all the way down. Was he given a command to do it? Mm. Was he a soldier in a particular radical group? And they sent him you know out. What? I don't even think about stuff. Bill, I tell you what, man, you know, I, you know, I don't even be thinking about stuff like that. He might You're have like, been an alien. You know what, Bill? <laughs> it's just stuff like you, you come out with black MAGA. Ma- what was dark MAGA? Dark MAGA. Dark MAGA, I guess ain't gonna be no black folk in MAGA, right? I, Dark MAGA, <laughs> and you're like commands to do it. Bill, do you think it's just that deep where it's people and groups of folks who hate people like me, black people that much? We're going through all these circles and all these things that just want to kill Odell well, well, because he's black. No, no more, no more, no less. Kill Odell because he's black. What did Odell do? Don't matter. Doesn't matter. You know, in, in, remember Skip Austin being on here, just trying to put the Civil Rights Museum together to honor four gentlemen that sat at a counter to do their homework and have a cup of coffee. 
you know, it runs deep. It runs deep and it's going to take generations. Odell, we're going to continue this conversation. Uh, it's it's much needed. And Let me ask a question, though, Bill. Mm-hmm. You and I have speaking engagements all the time. Mm-hmm. What happens if someone asks us to come and speak? And there's they don't like what we say because they're saying kill all black people. And you and I say find common grounds. Mm. So now where does that put us? Yeah. Does that make us a target, my friend? Possibly. Possibly. Uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. All right. I look forward to the next show. Love you, man. Love you, too. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, executive producer. Jeremy Powell, creative director. Jacob Sutherland, director. All rights reserved. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulating and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.